Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We know you're really busy. Do us a quick favor. Hit the subscribe button and rate us to a friend. Trust me, it really, really helps. Thanks. A Dadsnet original podcast. Welcome to uh, a special episode of Don't Tell Your Mum. Um, this time we're joined by uh, Jane and Peter from Axe Kid Car Seats, which is exciting because we're looking into um, rearward facing versus forward facing and diving into some of the reasons really why you should have your child rearward facing for as long as possible and actually much longer than many people certainly here in the UK do. Um, we've got a couple of questions, but we're also going to open it up to the guys who are with us at uh, this event. I think we should also explain as well that we're in this beautiful cinema room, which is amazing. And this this is actually the kind of room that I want in my house, but I don't think I'm going to get it past my wife. But it's just <laughs> it's just lovely. It's really nice. It's really nice. Um, cool. OK, so I'm going to start off with a question. So we've just watched the crash tests uh, for a rearward facing and a forward facing car seat. And it's very, very obvious that a rearward facing is hugely, was it, it was 90% safer than forward facing. It's not that it's safer, so it's the protection that it will offer. Okay. So in the event of a collision, your child will be protected. I think it's about 92%. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's an awful lot. So my question really is why, what's the barrier? Why are people not doing this? Education, I would say, first and foremost. I don't think people are aware. Um, I came across this personally about 14 years ago, and it was purely by chance. A fellow parent sent me, very similar to what you've seen today, it was crash test footage showing a forward-facing car seat versus a rear-facing car seat. And I went researching. Um, And at that time, I thought, this is strange, because... You know, why don't why don't why doesn't everybody know about this? So um, I was looking for research and I was looking, if I'm honest, for, for something to tell me that it wasn't safer because why why are our children not rear facing? And I couldn't find a single bit of evidence anywhere. Everything it was compelling. All the evidence told me that we say up to five times safer. Um, so at that point I was quite shocked. Um, but when I spoke to a lot of people, most people in the same situation as me, they didn't know. And I think that's, that's why we're here today. We're here to try and help educate people, get the information out there. Um, I think you've got other barriers. We've got myths which we can talk about regarding... That's my next question. <laughs> <laughs> I won't move too quickly there, but there are a lot of myths yeah. around it. I think as well there's a cultural element as well to this to the UK in that... We often see the next stage car seat is a bit of a milestone. 
So, you know, when your little one starts to walk and when they start to talk and when they're rolling over and we think, I can't wait for that next stage car seat because it's a milestone and I can turn them forward facing and that means when we're in the car, I can, I can connect and talk to, to my child. It's completely the wrong mindset and that's what we need to overcome. That's our challenge. So there are a load of dads in the room today and, and probably like me, when it first came to choosing car seats, I mean, it's just crazy out there. It's very daunting. My wife, fortunately, is head of research. Actually, that's a title that I've given her. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. It's confusing. You know, dare I say it, it might be even terrifying because, you know, you're, you're looking after the most precious thing to you on the planet. And it's confusing because also we've had regulation change over the last 10 years and that caused added confusion. Today, we've talked about the PLUS test, which I'm pretty confident no one in this room will have ever heard about. So that's an added complication. It's, a, it's an additional safety test that the Swedes introduce and all the Vaxkid car seats pass the Swedish PLUS test, which we can come on to, but it's very overwhelming. And, um, so you've got the shift between old regulation, new regulation. It's overwhelming even, I think, for retailers. So how, that's why it's so difficult to get the message out there and across. I think like it, just, it feels like there is a responsibility, though, within the car seat industry to be telling parents this information, which obviously Axkid are doing, which is obviously why we're here and why we are very much into this partnership because i think if we can tell as many dads as possible like just go and do this research look at this like that there's a responsibility there from brands right i think sorry can i i was gonna say um within that um there are a number of brands out there who will specifically only advise um car seats to regulation um so they won't necessarily offer best practice advice or the safest advice they will just say, well, because it's regulation, you can do it. Um, and I think that's one of the big stumbling blocks with actually pushing the message of rear facing because children are allowed to forward face from 15 months under R129 uh, or nine kilos under R44, which is a different standard. That could you know, be as young as six months. That could be yeah. six months wow. for, for some large children. So just, just for complete clarity, when would you recommend someone, a, a, a parent, have their child rearward facing until? It depends. So it's quite a complex question that, and I'll, I'll try and explain why. It's all to do with the percentile yeah. of the child. Okay. So um, if you take a child on the 50th percentile, so average, then we would say ideally up to six years. Wow. But if you take, for example, my own daughter, who was on the 98th percentile for height and weight, yeah. I managed to keep her rear facing up to five years and two months. Okay. So can I just ask, so take the average of six years. Yeah. Is there anyone in this room who has, who has a six-year-old and is rearward facing? No. Uh, what are the myths surrounding rearward facing that are preventing people or the, you know, these kind of stumbling blocks in people's minds? That's the number one, I would say. Where do they put their legs is the number one question that I've we get. I've never had that issue. We're <laughs> <laughs> so short. Yeah. <laughs> And the answer to that is really simple. We say to people, to parents, watch your child at home, watch them play, watch when they're watching the TV. How often do you see your child sat with their legs stretched outwards? And I would guarantee it's pretty much never. Yeah. They're often sat cross-legged, sitting on their legs. It's just the way that children naturally sit. And we, I think we try and um, think, well, it wouldn't be comf comfortable for us to do that. 
Well, no, because we're older, but for children, it's perfectly comfortable. So uh, it's, it's perfectly normal for a child to sit in a rear-facing car seat and have their legs crossed or sit cross-legged. But in addition to that, because we are a Swedish company and we're big advocates of rear-facing for longer, of course, we've taken into consideration the comfort when we've designed our car seats. So some rear-facing seats on the market will have much more limited legroom. But what you will find with Axkid car seats, the legroom is extendable. So as the child gets older, you have the flexibility to give more legroom to make it more comfortable for them. But I would always say, please don't let it be a barrier because it doesn't need to be. It's perfectly fine for a child to sit cross-legged and for a long duration. You know, we would always recommend stops on long journeys anyway. It's perfectly fine for them to sit cross-legged or frog-legged and they find that comfortable. Yeah. The other thing to bear in mind as well, when they're forward-facing, they're not sat like we are with our, our legs on the floor, so giving support. They're sat with their legs hanging. So if you imagine you have to kind of put yourself in the mindset of sat on a bar stool, for example, for a prolonged period of time with your legs hanging, that actually can become quite comfortable. Uncomfortable, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, now, when I turned my own daughter forward-facing from Rhea, the first thing she did was sit cross-legged. I've seen the, the car seat up there, and the legroom is actually much more than you have in your head. I think in your mind, sometimes you, you, you think that there's less, but actually looking at it in front of you. Well, on those two upstairs, you mentioned um, we can generate up to 30 centimetres worth of extra legroom from the initial fit in the vehicle. So 30 centimetres is quite a long, long amount for, for legroom. Let's, before we open up, let's um, tell me about, talk to me about, about the, the head. Because the this, this stat there was that um, a baby, a child's head is 25% of their body weight, um, which is a lot. And upstairs as well, and afterwards, guys, you can have a go of this because there's a helmet up there that's, uh, that's weighted to kind of add weight to your head to kind of show you what it's like as a child. I've tried that and it was, I, I mean, I thought someone was winding me up. It was yep. unbelievable. So I, we'll, we'll do that when, when we go back up later, guys, have a go at doing that. But just tell me about that head and how, and how like the rearward facing just kind of helps counter that problem that children have when they're in the car. So uh, when you saw the animation of the, the children going backwards and forward facing, um, the, in the rear facing, the child is fully supported. So their, their head, neck and spine are pushed back into the seat. So even though their head is a lot heavier on their body compared to you or I, um, it's fully supported. Whereas as soon as you're forward facing um, with a five point harness on, so your shoulders are held back in place, your hips are held back in place. The only thing left to move is the head on the neck. Um, and that which, continues which a, to move after impact as well. So when you have your impact and the harness will, will keep the child's body restrained, the head continues to go in the, in the direction of travel. 25%, it's quite difficult for you to imagine what that feels like, hence why we put the helmet over, because, you know, for you or I, it's about 6% of our total body weight is in our head. But if you can imagine 25%, I think it's amazing that children ever even learn to walk. Yeah, I thought they just topple over. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can imagine that level of weight that's then being thrown forward, and also don't forget that a child is not fully developed, the spine, the vertebrae, it's all still soft, it's in development. So that's being thrown forward. 
And we liken the force to, it's like three baby elephants pulling on your child's head. It's that equivalent of a force. So one thing also that we handpicked on, which I think is, is probably quite important, which will be the footage talks about a front impact. Um, and the reason why front impact is, is seen as the most serious is because it's most likely to happen statistically, but it's also the most serious. So we've got stats uh, from the Department of Transport. So 66% of child fatalities or serious injuries happen in a front impact. And statistically, about 65 to 70% of crashes are front impact. So that's why it's so serious. And that's why we have to take all the measures we can to protect a child in a front impact, because statistically, it's the most severe. Yeah, presumably as well. I mean, one of my questions was about rear or side impact. Presumably, AxKid have, the, 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 or there are kind of regulations that, that support that are there for other It's funny impacts. you should say that because actually only rear-facing seats have a rear impact test. Wow. Forward-facing seats don't. Oh. It's quite interesting. Oh, yeah. But for in a rear impact, statistically, it's less likely to happen. Yeah. But also, it tends to be lower speed yeah. and you're both traveling in the same direction. So if you wanted to mimic a front impact, you'd have to reverse yeah. um, in, in a rear that's to kind of mimic the same level of force. But uh, when, when you have two front impacts, uh, you add the forces together. And when it's a rear impact, you minus. Yeah. So hence the actual force that's coming into the car so is significantly reduced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hence okay. why they tend to be not as severe. Yeah. The other thing that I noticed just around the head as well was when we went from uh, um, rear to forward facing, is that when my son particularly fell asleep, his head would like bob and and my what used to really concern my wife and presumably obviously rear would face it well i know it does because the test the unscientific test i did at home <laughs> was uh like showed that he, you know he, his head wasn't bobbing when he was rearward facing we flipped him around and it was all of a sudden he was doing this every time he fell asleep another reason why rearward facing is it can depend on the child and it can depend on the car also but i would say certainly with our seats there are a number of things that you can do to counteract that. Okay, let's talk about the the size of your car, the, the size of your back seat, because they all vary. Does that matter when it comes to legroom? That's another myth. So one of the myths is that you, you have to have a big car in order to have a rear-facing car seat, and you don't. I've installed this car, or Axe car seats, in um, three-door cars, small cars, every shape, size you can think of, we fitted. Um, so what you tend to do, because the seats, axe seats, are flexible, so you can either fit them compact or as the child gets older, you can extend them, as we said earlier. Usually you will extend to give more legroom as the child gets older. And as they get older, the recommendation is that you position them more upright um, because that's safer. So we want children as upright as possible, obviously without the head falling forward. But um, so you've got that flexibility. Now, of course, it depends on space in the car, but you'd be surprised with the, there's so many variables. So the, um, the front seat, the recline position, if you can position that a bit more upright, will give you a bit more space. But generally we find that flexibility between when you're given more leg room, you go more upright, means it will take a similar amount of space in the car. It's also worth noting that um, uh, a lot of people think, oh, with forward facing, you get a lot more room in the car, more room for the child, more leg room for the front passenger. 
but actually you're supposed to have nearly 50 centimeters worth of space between the child's face and the back of the front seat. Well, a I'm lot of people don't aren't I'm, I'm aware of that either. I'm willing to bet that very few of your children, if they're forward facing, have that distance. And that's the potential amount of movement that the child and the car seat will see in an impact. So let's turn to the dads in our audience. Um, question from Jim, which is, is this just a, a British thing that we, we rush to get them forward facing? It's a European, to be honest, because um, we feature in France, Germany, uh, Poland, it's, it's European wide that, to be honest, it's, it's Sweden and, and the Nordic regions that have been advocates of rear facing since the 1960s. The first rear facing car seat, I think was 1964. Um, so they've been way ahead for a long, long time. I think as well that it's quite, it's a big market car seats. And uh, we've, uh, we at AxKids put our, our stake in the ground and said, we will only sell rear-facing car seats. So rear-facing only. So none of our car seats can forward-face unless they're a high-back booster. And honestly, that's quite difficult at times because uh, one of the biggest concerns here um, and in Europe is, I'll turn my child rear-facing, they won't like it. I want the option to forward-face just in case. I saw, that's, that is just kind of madness though it, it, when when you boil that down it's like oh yeah my kid doesn't like it okay well <laughs> like yeah. suck it up because they're much safer <laughs> it's, like, it's like you know yeah. if your kid says oh he, he really wants to run across the road it's like well you wouldn't let him <laughs> like exactly it's, it's that that is how uh, it feels like Come on. Can we um, talk about the cost of car seats because uh, you know there are there are families out there that that, that aren't very well off and they will go for the the cheapest car seat which may not necessarily be you know the safest so what what would your advice be when it when it comes to to having a baby choosing a car seat because th this sort of stuff costs a stupid amount of money it's difficult because you're right car seats are not cheap you know it's it is it's a challenge um i would always say almost from the day your baby's born start start putting money aside it's a, this is a safety product and i think we also need to change our mindset so i think often <clears throat> when when mum's pregnant they we start looking at infant carriers and we often base our choice around a travel system um and that can be expensive you know when you start looking at the pram the pushchair everything it's expensive and i think there's quite a a lot of upfront cost so that by the time you get to the second stage car seat which is often where acts give falls you're then what you're asking me to spend how much again but um so i completely understand that and i think there is that education around this is a safety product though you know if you think of it almost like an insurance policy prioritizing as well right you know there's i don't know i think we did some research in dad's day recently about how much parents spend when they're children um when they're going to become a parent and it was the average was well above 1500 pounds you know easy and you just think well where is all of that money going you know you think how much you spend on a i don't know a, a travel cot or all that money is gone trying to make them sleep <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> sleep experts or um or, or like clothing but babies need a you know a few baby grows or you don't need fashion I'll designs. pay anything so Honestly, it's, I think it's about prioritising yeah. you know what, what's the most important just thing just sleep like probably driving in the car keeping your baby safe I was going to say 
um, one way of um, reducing the burden of, of the, that, that the next stage car seat, utilize the first birthday. You know, I, I certainly remember my firstborn yeah. on his first birthday, it was hideous. This mountain of presents from yeah. grandparents, uncles, aunts. He's one. Yeah. Like an empty box was his greatest toy, you know. Um, so maybe encourage relatives and friends and family to maybe pitch in towards a much safer car seat, which is actually going to do a real thing. It's going to save your child's life yeah. rather than you know, lots and lots of presents. And that's one thing. Because what a great gift to give. Absolutely. And I think the thing to remember is, you know, an Axe Kid car seat, for example, will last five years. So it's not like the infant carrier that generally lasts about 12 months. And I think this is where parents can often get a bit upset because yeah. you've, you've spent a lot of money on an infant carrier. Now we're coming to second stage yeah. seat, but this will last five years. Yeah, and break that down. You, you know, you probably pay more on a Spotify subscription, right? Exactly. So we've got a load of dads in the audience with us today. And our next question is from, from Kojo. And Kojo says, obviously, how you strap a child into their car seat and the type of straps you have would play a part in, in the safety overall. Yeah, so the harness is there to restrain them. It's a five-point harness and it is designed to keep the body. But the force will create stretch because it is a harness system. So, and, But it's more the fact that it will stop the body, but the head continues to travel. That's why you get such a significant level of force on the neck, because that is continuing to carry forward. Obviously, if with, with the rear facing, the head is forced into the, the shell of the seat, so it's fully supported and protected, so you don't get that. But just what, that's a little bit of another myth, I think, that you've touched upon there as well, with regard to having that conversation with your child, being able to see your child. And there is this thought that when they're rear-facing, although that can have advantages as well, if you want to go to McDonald's drive through or anything, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they true. can't say. Yeah, they don't know where they are. But, <laughs> until they're driving off. But it is a myth, because actually, if you're the driver in particular, the last thing you should be doing when you're driving is turning around and, and looking at your child in the car seat because that in itself creates a hazard. Um, the RSA in Ireland did a really good campaign regarding that. They were trying to educate parents not to turn around and look at their children um, and keep their eyes on the road. But in a rear-facing car seat with the use of a mirror, you put a secondary mirror up and then um, what you can do as a driver, you look, so you keep your eye on the road, you can look in the mirror and you will see your child and they learn. Because children, if you don't know any different, then that's what you do. And they quickly learn, they look in the mirror, they can see mum, dad, vice versa. Um, so you don't lose that communication or connection with your child. But most families have got a mirror usually with the infant carrier for, yeah. the, for that exact same reason. So it's just a continuation. Of course, if your child's been rear-facing for 15 months under maybe R129 car seats, they don't know any difference, so they're automatically just go back into a, the next stage rear facing and stay there. So they, they've never had any experience like we have as adults, where we, we put our own perception, our own experiences onto the child, which is probably the, the wrong way to do it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because people do think that, so when you say, um, we said earlier about, oh, my child doesn't like rear facing, how, how do you know that? Yeah. How do we, you know, they're usually around two. Yeah. Three, you know, they're not even communicating and we attribute it to the direction of travel. It could be that they're hot or they're hungry or they yeah. need a break. Yeah. But that assumption, oh, they hate traveling when you're facing, we need to turn them forward. And that's what we need to overcome. Yeah. A, a lot of that actually comes from 
um, a child naturally develops. So they're con when they're sort of nine, 10 months old, they're doing crunches constantly because they want to sit up. Um, and so when they're in a, an infant carrier style car seat, they're actually very relaxed, very, very reclined. Um, and they want to sit up, so they get annoyed. Um, and then, then they cry and then parents say, ah! they they're don't upset, like they don't like the yeah, car seat, they don't actually, like rear facing. It's not, it's because they're yeah, relaxed. Down. Whereas when you move into something like the Axe Kid car seats, they're still quite reclined, quite relaxed, but they're rear facing. Yeah. Mm. So they, they are well, much positioned more a bit more upright, so exactly. they get a better view out the mirror in the seat. Um, out the yeah. window, the seats are sat a little bit higher up in the car, so they can usually get a better view, yeah. and that normally makes them happier. Next question from one of our dads in the audience is uh, from Chris, and basically he wants to thank you for uh, the big box that the Axe Kid car seats come in, because uh, they uh, it's, it's a it's a win-win. You get a real safe car seat, and you get a box for the kids to play in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> birthday present. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We have actually had one of our car seat boxes transformed into Transformer, which is great. Oh, that's and cool. that's a really good challenge, actually. Who can be the most creative with a car seat box? I like box? it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Our next question is from James, and he wants to know that if it's a rear-facing car seat that you go for, is there more of a chance for, for legs to be crushed in an impact? It's a very good question. It's, it's probably one of the, the biggest myths around that sort of leg room and, and things like that. But... Um, we don't have any reports of broken legs from yeah. children in rear-facing car seats. So there, there isn't that stats there to suggest, to support that that is a... There is a, a European database on accidents and um, the, the uh, injuries that are caused within accidents from across Europe that they pull together. Um, and within that, they, they haven't got any where the face or the legs have been damaged when they've been rear-facing, but they've got lots where they were forward-facing. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's. But also, I think what you'll find when you see our product that actually the our seats are designed for older children. So it comes back to this legroom, um, and and maybe you might find that with some other car seat um, where there is less legroom, and and as a parent, I think you'll be more inclined to forward face just because there is limited legroom. But with an axe kid car seat, we've taken that into consideration, and we are mindful that you as a parent want to feel comfortable that your child has got sufficient leg room. So hence why all our seats are flexible and, and offer that. Our final question is from Jack. So Jack is saying that th these are his words, not mine, that his wife isn't the best driver and she sometimes turns around to see what you know her child is doing because he is in a front facing seat. So the question is, is it safer to have a rear-facing seat because you don't have that urge to turn round and, and and see what your child is doing? I so wish I, it, I I wish I had the answer to that. I came I first came across this concept uh, with my eldest daughter, who's now fourteen, and when I came across, I thought, "Wow, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing and and reading," and I truly believe within five years every child will be rear-facing, and here I am, fourteen years later sat still trying to educate it's a very complex um i think um there's an industry um we had regulation change back in 2013 it didn't come into the uk till 2015 but i think one thing i've learned is this things happen very very slowly and um within the industry there are different perceptions different views uh if you look at the car seat market predominantly it's forward facing so 
we've got a long way to go. Um, but I don't think there's been a government campaign on car seats for a long time. I don't know if you recall, there was a, um, it wasn't Panorama, there was the BBC journalist. He did his own makeshift. I don't know if, if anybody saw it, but he did his own makeshift. He was trying to... Bang goes to theory. Bang goes to theory. So it was about eight years ago, eight, ten years ago. Yeah, and he, he, he set up his own rig and he sent himself forward-facing and rear-facing. Now, he wasn't doing anywhere near 30 mile an hour because, of course, it was a rig. Hour, I think. Only last year, he won a case against the BBC because of the injuries he sustained as an adult when he went forward-facing. You can look it up yourself. It's so interesting. Put in Bango's The Theory rear-facing experiment. It's there. You and can see the videos. Yep. And the, you can see that he won his claim against the BBC. He'd, he'd actually signed to say, you know, he agreed to go through it and do it all. You know, it was set up as safely as possible at, at the time. But yeah, eight, nine years on, he's poor bloke. He's suffering from depression and, you know, yep. mental health injuries, issues as a direct result of the, the impacts that he suffered. And it's yep. only three, four mile an hour maximum. Yep. So if we're looking at key factors for buying a car seat, we're looking at rear facing, we're looking at a five point harness. And are we looking at ISOFIX? doesn't need to be ISOFIX. So um, we have a range of seatbelt fitted seats and seatbelt fitted seats, as long as they're installed correctly, are as safe as ISOFIX. ISOFIX was introduced because of misuse, because people, when they fit the seat, there's a higher tendency to fit it incorrectly with the seatbelt. That's why ISOFIX really plays its part it's from a safety. <laughs> yeah. And we all hope, sorry, I'll just finish. We all hope that you never have an impact. I think that's the, that's the kind of key point. Um, I see the car seat almost as like an insurance policy. We hope you never do. But if you do, we know your child will be safe. As, as, as dads, our, our, our sole job in life as dads is to protect the one thing we cannot replace in life. You can replace your car, your house, even your wife. <laughs> Jane's not my wife. <laughs> it's so well. It's so well. It's so well. A real powerful yeah. moment. No, I like that. I think that's yeah. But it. you can't replace your child. You can't. So why would you choose to do anything but the very, very best you can choose to do? Thank you so much for joining us. That's been a massive insight. So yeah, if you're listening, check out the link in the description. Um, check out Axe Kid, and, and there's some other stuff going on Dad's Net. So. Have a look. Be round, that's it. Yes, just, please, just stop talking. <laughs> stop talking now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Thank you. A Dad's Net original podcast.